Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after she had considered, he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his children from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jackie. As Mark said, there's three of us taking part. So if it's Mark, Jim or Claire, that means I must be Claire. So it's um, really good to be here with you this morning. Welcome if you're a visitor um, or with us for the first time. So we're going to start this morning by thinking about names because names are really important. I went on a mission trip seven years ago to South Africa, and we kind of had an orientation session before um, we were let loose to, to meet the people we were going to be working with. And I remember George Schneiman at Hands at Work saying that names are really important and just really in encouraging us the power of using someone's name when talking to them. That really struck me during that mission trip, but it's also something that's stuck with me ever since. So yeah, a little bit more about names. Christmas, we're thinking about the birth of a baby. So in preparation for the birth of a baby, expectant parents will probably spend quite a lot of time choosing the name for their baby. It might be a name that they really like. It might be a family name that's been passed down through the generations. Or it might be a name that's chosen for a particular reason. We're coming to the end of 2019, so I wonder, what do you think the most popular... Elizabeth, you can't answer this. We've got a registrar here, I've just realised. Most popular girl's name and the most popular boy's name in the UK have been this year. What do you reckon? Jack? What was that, Peter? David? Any girl ideas? Elizabeth? What was that? Olivia, 
top girl's name, according to the one I looked at. And Noah is the top boy's name. Would you agree with that, Elizabeth, in this area? Oh, there we go. Okay, Elizabeth can take part in this one. What about a 100 years ago? What would have been the top boys' and girls' names a 100 years ago? Thomas, was that? Yeah. William? George, I think I heard it over here. Edward? John was the top boys' name. What about girls' name? Mary. You're right. So they've changed a little bit, haven't they? Although some of those older names are coming back. So my name's Claire. My sister's name is Helen. So my parents, when they chose our names, first of all, they chose names that couldn't be shortened, although I did manage to turn Helen backwards and call my sister Nellie, much to my parents' disgust. But they were also chosen because they have the same meaning. Claire, meaning bright, or clear or bright, and Helen, meaning shining light. As we've just heard in that reading that Jackie read for us, um, Mary and Joseph, Jesus' parents, they didn't get to choose the name for their first baby. His name had already been chosen by God before he was conceived. In Luke 1, we read, The angel said to Mary, You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And then as Jackie's just read, and the angel said to Joseph in his dream, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. So that's Matthew 1. But Jesus' name had been chosen even before that, 700 years before he was conceived. Isaiah prophesied, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. And that's in Isaiah 7. So we're just going to think a little bit more about that name, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So we've been doing a sermon series over the last few weeks, Jesus Steps In. And today is the last in that Jesus Steps In series because Christmas is the ultimate Jesus Steps In. When creator God king of the universe, stepped into the world as that tiny human baby. Jesus' birth, God in all his glory and majesty becoming human, should have been something really special, shouldn't it? But actually we know it was a very ordinary thing. God chose to take upon himself the very ordinary things of human life. God chose ordinary parents with ordinary lives for Jesus. The angel surprised the young unmarried Mary with the news that she was going to have a baby and that baby was going to be God's son. And Mary was engaged to Joseph, a carpenter. Both of them were from working class families from a tiny unknown village of Nazareth. God then chose an ordinary place for Jesus to be born. It was in a dirty, dark, smelly stable that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us spent his first night in a manger in a bed full of hay. And then God again chose ordinary people, the lowly peasants, the shepherds, who were just doing their ordinary job, looking after their ordinary sheep, doing what they did every night. That's who God chose to tell the amazing news, the life-changing news that Jesus, Emmanuel, had been born. So God, with us, was right in the very beginning. He created Adam and Eve to be with him. He walked with them in the garden. 
until Adam and Eve disobeyed God and were separated from him. After that, there were just brief glimpses of God's presence with us when he revealed himself to people in special ways, things, or places, in a cloud, in a pillar of fire, a whirlwind, a smoking furnace, a burning bush, or once a year in the Holy of Holies. But that first Christmas was the fulfillment of God's promise to be with his people personally again, as he'd created us to be. And that's why he came as a tiny baby into the manger, to the most humble of places. Jesus bridged the gap so that we can receive the gift of Emmanuel, God with us in our everyday lives. God is with us through his spirit, living in us, giving us strength, courage, and hope, walking beside us, guiding us, and with the promise never to leave us. So back to that first Christmas when Jesus stepped into the stable as Emmanuel, stepped into ordinary people, ordinary places, doing ordinary everyday things. Our lives don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be all sorted and ready before God steps in. We only have to think about Mary, Joseph, the stable and the shepherds to see that. They definitely weren't. So God wants us to invite him to be with us in our ordinary every day. Just as I was walking here this morning, I was sort of pondering how I'd sort of been aware of God with me um, in the last week. And on Friday, I made the decision. I've been thinking about it for a long while, so it wasn't a, oh, I'm just going to go and do this. I made the decision that it was time to replace my car, which was getting quite old. Um, And so I headed off into Southampton um, on the scary journey to potentially spend quite a lot of money on a car. Um, And I came up with what I thought I would like. I went out on a test drive, loved the car. And as I was driving back to the, um, the garage, I was kind of really wrestling. Oh, is this the right thing to do? Oh, not sure. And as I rounded the corner into West Quay Road, just above the garage was a rainbow, which was, I believe, such a sign that God was with me in that car. They don't even come out with you on test drives anymore. They sent me off in this car on my own. Um, That God was with me in that decision. Um, So, yeah, that's just an example um, from this week. So God wants us to invite him to be with us wherever we are, whether we're at home, at school, at work, at the gym, in the coffee shop, wherever our ordinary days take us. He wants to be with us in our busyness and chaos, in our questioning, in our decisions, in our struggles, worries, fears and doubts, but also in our hopes and joys. God, in Jesus Emmanuel, came that first Christmas to be with us and invites us to be with him. Just like Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds, all we have to do is to respond with a yes. So we're going to move into a time of prayer now. If the band would like to come up um, to join me, we're going to pray for four four different areas. And the first one is um, we're going to pray for one another. So I'd like to ask you, where do you want Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, to be with you today? It may be as you're looking um, towards the next week of Christmas, you may be going to spend time with people that you don't 
normally would choose to spend time with, or you might be going to be on your own. And that's where you would really love to know God with you. Or it might be in your more normal um, school, workplace, or family, in your finances, in your health, in decisions that you have to make about the future. But whatever it is that's the answer to that question, where do you want to know God with you today? We're going to continue um, our prayers and widen it to our community. So, God, we pray for you to be with those in our community who are lonely, unwell, struggling with mental health issues or living in poverty. We pray for those who will be working over Christmas, looking after and caring for these people. We thank you for them and pray a blessing on each one of them. We pray for the children who will be receiving toys from our toy service and ask that your love will surround these children and our families. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Widening our prayers now to our community, uh, sorry, to our country, we pray for you to be with our royal family, our newly elected government, our local councillors. We pray for wisdom. We pray for unity and we pray for your will to be done and for our country to turn back to you. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. And then widening our prayers further, we pray, God, for you to be with the areas in our world where there is poverty, persecution, famine, war, refugees, We pray for those around the world who are working to bring relief through their care and in practical ways to many in desperate situations. This morning, we specifically pray for our mission connections in Uganda, Sierra Leone, Czech Republic, China, Greece, the Ukraine, and South Africa. And we pray a blessing on these ministries as they shine a light in the darkness. Oh, come to us. Abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Amen. We're going to sing um, our next carol together now. It's going to be Once in Royal David City. During this carol, we're going to take up our offering. um, And we, we, we take up the offering during our worship because it's just another way of expressing our worship and our love to God um, just by giving back to him some of what he has given to us. Good morning. So I thought we'd um, start with a, a little question this morning. Is that okay? Good, good stuff. It's a bit of a whirlwind section, this section. It's, every, it's, a, it's a section that we all know, so why did Jesus come? But I've got a question for you to begin with, which is, what am I describing? Sophie la giraffe, okay, octopus hoopla, and old MacDonald's hand puppet book, okay? And again, Sophie la giraffe, octopus hoopla, and old MacDonald's hand puppet book. What am I describing? Close. Children's children's toys, that's right. Children's toys. And do you know what they are? They are the three top selling newborn babies' toys in 2019. So if you haven't bought your presents yet for any grandchildren, if you've got any newborn babies in your family, that those are the presents to go to. The reason I know this is because we got friends that came over from Ireland uh, about two weeks ago, Gillian and Craig, and they used to come to the eleven o'clock service, they've moved back to Ireland now, and they've got a brand new baby baby Anna and she's lovely and cute and she doesn't even cry or anything I don't get it and they're like this baby thing is really easy I'm like you wait to number two so um 
If, yeah, fine, sure. <laughs> and so they went out, Abby and Gillian, and they went and bought this present, this squidgy toy, and it squeaked for like two hours solid. <laughs> and they're at our house, and I was like, this is really fun, I love it, it's great. And then, because I got a little bit fed up and bored, I went upstairs to my room, <laughs> to our room, sorry, our room, and, uh, and I got my phone out, and I just thought I'd Google, what is this squidgy toy? And it turns out it was Sophie Le Giraffe, right? All the things. And they got it from Waitrose, in case you're wondering where you can get it from, get it from Waitrose. And uh, it's, uh, I thought, Do you know what, it's a really really cool present but um i also started thinking as my brain's a little bit wacky some of you know that i thought how strange it would have been in the story of the three wise men if they turned up with a sophie le, le giraffe and a hand puppet book and uh yeah an octopus hoopla game just thought it's pretty strange although i'm pretty sure some nativities up and down the country probably have used those toys and so at some point but they didn't did they they turned up in matthew 2 with gold frankincense and myrrh yeah with a precious metal, just making sure that I'm right, a precious metal, a white resin, and a gum that was used for embalming dead bodies. Now, I'm sure Craig and Gillian would have been really not very happy if I turned up with that, uh, with their baby. Maybe the gold, they would have liked the gold, maybe not the other stuff. So, um, but I thought how easy it is for us to brush over the detail and the content in the story, the nativity story, when you look at the three wise men when they turned up. We kind of lose, I think, sometimes the impact of what it can mean. Because those three presents that they turned up with, those three gifts they gave to Jesus, they were signposts. They were kind of prophetic gifts as to who Jesus is and what he came to do. He was a baby on a mission. Jesus was a baby on a mission. I'm just going to sing this and hopefully you can do it. You ready? That's awful. Let's do it again. What's that? It's like a foghorn. It's brilliant. I love it. Well done. He was a baby on a mission, right? Jesus was sent on a mission. I'm glad some of you know the reference. That's good. At just eight days old, as was custom, he was taken to the temple eight days after he was born. And at this point, he bumps into a chap called Simeon. This is in the version of Luke. Do you know Simeon? Have you heard of Simeon? In Luke 2, let me just read this for you because I think it's incredible. Uh, he's, Simeon sees uh, baby Jesus. He takes him in his arms and says, this is the message version in case you're thinking, where does it say this? Um, God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see a God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your, for your people in Israel. It's incredible, isn't it? That after eight days, Simeon sees this baby and he thinks, this baby is more than just a baby. This is incredible. This is what I've been doing. I've been trying to tell people about God and now this baby can do it for me. This is the, this is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He recognized that Jesus was on this mission. Not just a, a baby that turns up at nativities at Christmas or in the manger or the advent calendars that you see. But actually, this baby is on a mission. And he grew older, didn't he? He grew up and he grew in favor with God and with people. You know that verse? And everyone kind of began to listen to him. He had things to say, really important things. And he took 12 likely lads, 12 disciples, and he grew it. To one point, he was talking to 5,000 people. What story was that? Did you know that? 5,000 people? Feeding of the fight. Thank you. Right. Some people think there's 15,000 people. He went from 12 people to 15,000 people. It's incredible, isn't it? Do you not think? His teachings, his his healings, his miracles. He wasn't just this baby in a manger anymore. He stepped in. And he had this incredible mission. And that's really kind of where I want to unpack these three gifts. Because ultimately we know that the Roman rule at the time and the Pharisees, the religious people, 
They didn't like him, did they? They didn't like Jesus. I think they would have preferred if he'd stayed as a baby, right? They didn't like him and what he was stirring up. And so ultimately, he was sentenced to death and he was put on a cross. And this is why Jesus came. And you're thinking this is the Easter story, but it's so important to link the two, isn't it? To remember why he came. He wasn't just this little baby that can kind of be quaint little stories about at Christmas, but he came to die on the cross, this painful and brutal death so that we could be in relationship with God for the things that we've done wrong. And there have been many thousands, millions of people before us that have been in the same situations, and there will be many more after us that need to be reconciled, restored in our relationship with God. And that's why Jesus was born as a baby and grew up to die on the cross, so that we could be forgiven. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And this is when I want to bring back the three presents in the beginning. Is that okay? Yeah? Good. So, you, so, you probably know this. This is probably good anyway. But when he, after he died on the cross, they took him down, and they embalmed his body with the myrrh, right? So 30-odd years earlier... They knew, the wise men knew that this man would die for all of humanity. He was wrapped in burial clothes and he was covered, embalmed in myrrh. It was pointing towards what he would do for all humanity. Frankincense. Do you know much about frankincense? So frankincense was an ingredient in incense and they'd often burn that in the temples as a kind of, as a sacrifice, as worship, as prayer up to God. And actually Jesus wouldn't have just been embalmed in myrrh. He would have also been covered in frankincense as well. And so it's this incredible kind of image that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice that brings worship to God. I love that. Do you not love that? It's great. It's incredible to think that Jesus, even in his death, was bringing worship to God. And we can bring worship to God as a result of Jesus. But he didn't just stay in the grave, did he? Did he? Come on, we need some... It's almost pantomime season, right? We need some interaction. So he didn't just stay in the day, uh, grave. Three days later, he rose again. Amen. Amen. Good. And that's where the gold for me, this is where I kind of understood it kicks in. Because gold is kind of a symbol in the Bible of real value, of real worth, uh, of real power and authority. It kind of said that you were a king if you owned a lot of gold. You had real authority. And Jesus wasn't just the king of the Jews. He was the king of the world. He was the Lord of Lords, right? He had so much power and authority. He had authority over death, right? So he was the ultimate king. It's great, isn't it? It's amazing news. It's great news. I think it's fantastic. I loved it. But I'm pretty confident that 33 years earlier that when, when the wise men turned up and they gave these presents to Mary and Joseph, they were like, um, great. I mean, a food voucher would have been better, but I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what these mean. I mean, they would have been really valuable gifts. They would have been really useful to actually live off, but actually they probably didn't understand what this meant for Jesus, their baby, in 30 odd years time later. I think it's incredible. We live this side of the story, don't we? We live this side. We have understanding. We have revelation of who he is. We know that he's not just a baby in a manger and those little quaint scenes, those lovely nativities that we, we go and see sometimes. I'm glad that mine's stopping soon. <laughs> uh, or he's not just this man that died on the cross and that was the end of it. He was king of all, ruler of all. And he came back to save us, to restore us into relationship. So I want to just leave you with this challenge. That when you see those three gifts, when you read about the Nativity story, when you hear about it and you understand it, try and understand it in a new way. That actually this is a promise. This is a, an echo of what will come later. That Jesus is more than just this baby in a manger. My challenge to you is to see it as an invitation and to be reminded of yourself that Jesus didn't just step in to be God with us. He stepped in to be our savior. He stepped in to save us. And that's what he wants to do. For many of us, often every day, I have to remind myself of God's mercies, Jesus' mercies for me. 
And some of you might be in the place this morning where you're like, actually, I need to be reminded of that. So this amazing thing about Christmas is, is that, that Jesus steps in. I mean, we, we've been looking, as uh, if you've been with us for the last uh, few weeks, we've been doing this series, Jesus Steps In, because what you discover in Scripture is whenever Jesus stepped into a situation or someone's life, is he brought transformation, is something changed. Uh, um, if you, we, you can check out our websites and catch up on some of these sermons if you've missed them. But how Jesus comes in and, and brings healing and Jesus comes in and, and brings that intimacy and, that, and how he brings new identity and how he brings forgiveness. And, and when Jesus steps in, something happens. And, and, and Christmas is the ultimate Jesus steps in. It's, the, it's, it's where he steps in, in in reality in a significant way. And Christmas is a time where we stop and we, we reflect and we celebrate that. So obviously Christmas is in a few days time, as I'm sure you realize that. Um, but in, in about two or three days after Christmas, almost every single one of us is going to be asked the same question. Okay, I reckon that almost every single person in this room is going to be asked the same question. Um, do, do you believe me? Do you want me to tell you the picture? Okay, here's the question and you go, oh yeah. And they're, this is the question, whether you're at work or your neighbors or your friends, anywhere, they're going to say, how was Christmas? Yeah, everyone's going to be asked that, aren't they? How was your Christmas? What you do? I mean, a question around that is, how was Christmas? And okay, in one word, you, okay, we, I know it hasn't happened yet, but let's, let's be prophetic. Let's, let's art your hope. What word? So in January and someone says, so, you know, Jim, how was Christmas? Or, or Bob, how was Christmas? If, in one word, it was blank and fill it in. What would the word that you want to say? Okay, it was Wonderful. Second. Great. Great. Lovely. I'm very optimistic. And that's because that's what we want to say. And, and you don't want to say miserable. Do you, dear? And even if it was miserable, you went, well, it's a new year now, isn't it? So uh, the, the Christmas story we looked at, I mean, Claire started with, with, with that about the naming uh, of Jesus. It was he saves and God's with us. And this incredible truth out how he steps into our world. And, and, and the rea- reality is he steps into not just the world there, he steps into your world. Whether it's great and, and, and fantastic or whether it's a bit miserable or, or lonely, it is actually the great news of Christmas is that Jesus has stepped in. And then Jim looked about, but he stepped in for a reason. And, and that Mission Impossible, I manage this baby in camouflage after that, isn't it? Um, but, but, it's, but it's interesting, you know, a little thing that, that Jim said is, is he said, you know, the, the Pharisees and the, reli- the religious folks of the days, I reckon they probably wanted Jesus to stay as a baby. Because when he's a baby, he doesn't, he's lovely and sweet, isn't he? You can get him out at Christmas and you can go, yay, and then you pack him away and that's the end of it. But the truth is he grew up and he said and he did incredible things. And, and, and. Jesus steps in to change things. But I want to jump back to the, to the Christmas story because it's that season. And, and some other fellas um, who, who are, I, I often like, and it's the shepherds. Who loved the shepherds in the Christmas story? These great guys, and they're on the, on the hill. And Well, they weren't great guys. They were just normal people again. And, and in fact, lower in society. And the angels turn up, and they say, and they say, go and check out. The Savior has been born. The one who's going to change everything, go and check him out. They go and check him out. 
And then in Luke 2, um, verse 17, immediately after seeing the baby Jesus, is they go and tell everybody what they heard and saw. That's what they immediately do. They they went, they, they see Jesus, the angels came, and they went and checked out Jesus, and they went and told everybody what they'd seen and heard. And, and everyone was amazed. So to summarize their Christmas experience, it was amazing. And, and it wasn't just amazing, as in, why was it amazing? Because we got this lovely new present. No, because the fairy lights were lovely. No, it was because my family didn't kill one another. Maybe. Um, It was because they saw something they weren't expecting. They they saw God stepping into our world and changing something. That's what they did. Is the Jesus steps into our world, and what happened is as a result, is the shepherds immediately went and stepped out and just shared what they saw and heard. Now, this is the call for us as well. Now, because most of us, when we bump into this Christmas story, it is, we're not supposed to just say the Jesus. Well, this baby Jesus, and, and that's it. It's, it's the Jesus who grew up. It's the Jesus who changed. Now, if you were a shepherd and you had a zillion angels turn up, the odds are you're going to tell people you never believe what happened. These angels turned up. But it wasn't just the angels. It was what the angels pointed to and they saw Jesus and, they, and the hopes and the dreams that were in there. The same as, as when Jim pointed out to Simeon and said, Simeon's been hoping and waiting for this baby. It wasn't the baby. It was who the baby was, was and was going to become. And what we have encountered is we don't encounter just this baby, but we can see who Jesus grew up and became. We know that this Jesus is more than a baby. We know that Jesus who stepped in is the one who saves. We know that, let's be more personal, he's the one who comes and walks with us. Now, this Jesus is the one who comes and brings healing. This Jesus is the one who brings personal forgiveness. His death on a cross and his resurrection was to save the world. But let's get personal. It was for you and for me. When people ask, what was Christmas like? It's an amazing opportunity to share the Jesus who we've encountered. Not just the little baby, but this one who, I'm celebrating the one who actually saves me. I'm I'm celebrating the one who, who says that you're loved, Mark. I'm celebrating the one who, despite the world being, or my world being in a mess, who comes in and says, but I'm going to be faithful and walk with you. Is we're called to do what the shepherds did, is just to say what you see. Say what you see in Jesus. I hope you see more than just a baby. Because if you just see a baby, how does a baby save a world? Let me tell you how, me tell you how a baby saves a world. It doesn't. It doesn't. The baby did not save the world. It was the grown-up, risen Jesus who saves the world. It is good news that God has stepped in and transformation will follow. But it's the grown-up Jesus. It's a Jesus who we can personally know and personally meet and personally encounter who wants to step into our lives that changes things. And that's the one we're supposed to share, to say what we see. Now at this point, some of us are going, yeah, but I I don't know everything. What if people ask questions and I, I don't understand it all? Let's be honest. How much did the shepherds understand? Probably not a lot, did they? And yet, as soon as they met Jesus, they saw this baby. The angels came and they saw Jesus and they're going, this is it. You'll never believe what happened. And people were amazed. I think the same as us, is if we share what we see 
and here about personally what Jesus does in our lives, I think people will be amazed that, so is that what Jesus does? I reckon the shepherd's also invited to have a look yourself. Is check it out yourself. Is check that Mary and Joseph, baby, they're still in Bethlehem. They're still here. Check it out yourself. So some of our, our call, actually our call is to, not just to encounter this Jesus who steps in, but to experience him personally and then to say what we see, but also point people to him. And how do you do that besides sharing your story? Is invite him to things like this. Invite him to our carol service. Invite him to our Sunday gatherings. Invite him to events that we do. The Alpha Course, which we're starting in the new year. A place to explore. Say, say, go and look for yourself. Because the salvation isn't because of us. The salvation is because of him. When you bump into Jesus the risen, grown-up Jesus, the one who died and rose again, the King of kings, the one who conquered death and everything like that, the one who steps in and transforms. When you meet him, you are amazed. And, and you can take my word for it as a witness, but go find out yourself because he's personal. He came to save the world, to bring peace on earth, to change everything. He came into our world, not to stay a baby, but to grow up to save our world and to change it, but also to be a personal savior for us to know and us to point other people to. So how was your Christmas? It was amazing because I celebrated Jesus who steps in and changed my life and changed my friends' lives and wants to change our world as we follow him. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the reality The reality of Christmas, it's so much more than sparkly lights in a little stable. And it's the reality that that you actually stepped into the world because you care for us. Your rescue plan was 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 an incredible plan. It's one that does not make sense unless you go a bit deeper. How can a baby save a world? Well, you can't. But if it's the Savior is the one who grows up and says incredible things. If Jesus who steps in, when we allow you, Jesus, to step into our lives, everything changes. Father, I pray this Christmas that we will have an amazing Christmas. Not because our family all got on, not because we got the presents we wanted, not because of anything that's just um, superficial, but because deeply we encounter the Jesus who steps in. Jesus, will you step into us again this day? And then will we be people who just say what we see? And take that opportunity so that more may encounter this Jesus who saves. I thank you that it is good news. Jesus, you are good news. For when you step in, everything changes. So come and step into our lives again, I pray. Amen.